Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our morning service. Uh, welcome to you all, whether you're a newcomer here or a visitor, it's great to have you with us, or whether you just somebody who hasn't been back for a while. Again, it's great uh, to be able to see you again. Thank you also for all those joining online. Great to have you with us uh, today. Well, this, this morning we're looking at, um, at the subject of change. We're starting a new sermon series called Real Change. Uh, our vision for a church is lives changed by Christ. And the great encouragement from that is it's Christ who changes our lives as we put our trust in him. And one of the key verses that we'll be looking at later on comes from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Let me read this out for us as we start our time together. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for that moment when you shone your light into our hearts. You enabled us to see your glory in the face of Christ. You opened our our blind eyes. You brought us out of darkness into light. You gave us a hope for the future. You revealed your love to us. We pray this morning that uh, we would know more of your glory. You'd help us to understand more of what it means to follow Christ. And Lord, we do pray that you would be changing us more and more into his likeness by the work of your spirit in our lives. So Lord, come to us now, we pray, in this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to hear you and see you in person, and it's great to have you watching on at home, too, as well. Now, for us as a church family, and particularly for the families within the church family, I want to start by asking you a question, okay? A few questions, actually. If you were in this situation, how would you feel? Okay, make sense? Maybe turn, talk to the people around you. If you were in this situation, how would you feel? Okay, here is situation or scenario number one. You go home to find a big parcel with your name on it. How would you feel in that situation? Off you go. Turn. Talk. Discuss. Okay, okay, okay. Right, here is situation number two. You leave for school, maybe a Monday morning, but the car doesn't start. Oh, how would you feel if that was you? How would you feel? Maybe some of you know how that feels. Okay, ready for the last one? Maybe some of you have been in that situation. Here's the last one. You score the winning goal at the church away day. Oh, you score the winning goal at the church away day. How would you feel if that was you? Pete Short would be delighted, I reckon. Back post. Nice, great. How would you feel in those three situations? Probably a range of emotions, right? A range of feelings. But here's the question that I really want to plug into this morning. Not how would you feel, but how do you feel? Right? 
How do you feel this morning? How do you feel at home? How do you feel at work? How do you feel at school? It's been such a hard period of time in so many different ways. How do you feel right now? Maybe some of you are feeling a little bit like my friend on the screen. You're feeling right quite good, actually. Maybe opportunity has opened to allow you to do things you haven't been able to do for a long time. You're excited about maybe something that's just on the horizon, and you're feeling quite good. Maybe some of you are feeling a little bit towards the other end of the spectrum. Really hard? Really sad? Really tough? You're not really looking forward to this week for whatever reason. Maybe some of you, somewhere in the middle, just don't know quite how to feel possibly. You don't know what to do or where to turn. Or maybe just a bit like, ah, even if I feel that way, it doesn't really make much of a difference. It is what it is. Well, I think the Bible and particularly the Bible passage that we're going to be looking at with the children this morning from one of the Psalms has an amazing message to you, no matter what you're feeling today. No matter what you're feeling today, God's message to you this morning is that I love you. <laughs> and I love you and I will love you forever and ever and ever and ever. If you're right at the very top, feeling great this morning, you know what? Don't forget I love you. If you write down in the depths of a really difficult time, God says he loves you. If you're somewhere in the middle, and maybe that's most of us, please don't forget. Psalm 136 says, God loves you. And that's our new series that we're going to be starting with the S Club children, starting today and carrying on for the next four weeks. We're going to be in the book of Psalms, thinking about how do we feel? <laughs> what are our emotions today? And what do we do with them? <laughs> Who do we turn to with them? And we're going to find out again and again and again that if we turn to God, there is love, there is healing, there is acceptance, and he is with us. So I just want to set up the psalm that we're going to be looking at today with the children by reading together as a church some of the verses that come from it. It's Psalm 136. And here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to read a line from the psalm and you're going to respond to me, okay? And this is what you're going to respond with. His love continues forever. Can you say that after three? One, two, three. His love continues forever. Yeah, but I see, I think you can do better than that as well. Because I'm going to add some actions with it as well, okay? His love, can you do that? His love continues forever. Nice. After three. One, two, three. Very good. So I'm going to say a line, and you're going to respond with that line again and again and again. Here's the first part. With his wisdom, he made the skies. He spread out the earth on the seas. He made the sun and the moon. He brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. He did it with his great power and strength. He parted the water of the Red Sea. You're doing well. Keep going. He gives food to every living creature. 
Give thanks to the God of heaven. What a thing it is to know that the God who made everything, the God who rescues and the God who provides loves you. Loves you today, no matter how you are feeling. That's a message for our children this morning, but that's a message for us all, isn't it? To know and to treasure and to cling on to this morning. That's what the psalm writer, Psalm 136, wanted us to know. And that's what he's going to be helping our teachers and our young people know out in S Club. Can I pray for the children as they go out to their S Club groups and they'll be meeting in the back hall together. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that your love lasts forever. No matter how we're feeling today, may that be a comfort to us. Lord, help the teachers now of the S Club groups to remind them of that truth, to help them know it, trust it, and live it out this week. Lord, pray for the rest of us, mums and dads, as we stay in here. Lord, to hear from your word, and may it transform our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord's word says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And elsewhere it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for uh, access to your throne of grace, that we can indeed uh, bring every kind of prayer request to you. And Father, we do that this morning as a congregation gathered in your name. Father, we pray for your uh, world and for the role we have in it and for those things that uh, bombard us on the news and often confuse us as to how to respond. We pray for wisdom. We ask for the country of Afghanistan and for the communities so fearfully impacted by the speed of change. And we pray for those displaced people and those who are worried about uh, what that change means. Give wisdom to um, all the leadership involved in uh, dealing with that situation and for other areas of conflict and disruption elsewhere. We commit your creation and your people to you. Father, we pray for uh, the world that you have given us and on the run-up to uh, the UN Climate Change Conference, we commit... Uh, those leaders who are gathering, we pray that you would give them wisdom as we seek to curate uh, your creation for the good. Give us wisdom um, as a nation and uh, to the leaders, we pray. Father, more locally, we commit and to you. We thank you for the opportunity she has to um, study and to work alongside us in the church here. And we thank you for Uh, bringing her and her husband to us uh, to serve, and we ask your rich hand of blessing upon her. Thank you for the opening at Cornhill and for your peculiar timing, and we thank you for that. We thank you too for Cal and for the opportunity he has to stay on, and we pray that you would continue to bless us through him. So, Father, bless us this morning. We pray your blessing upon uh, your word. We thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in your name. And for those who are perhaps fearful of being here maybe for the first time, we commit them to you and pray for their continued good health. And Father, we pray all of these things in your Son's name. Amen.
The reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 to chapter 4, verse 6. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways, We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Thanks very much, Emma. Let's pray as we come to to God's word. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Father God, we pray now as um, we look at your word together, that we would see your glory. We would see it in Jesus Christ. And as we do so, Lord, we would be filled with it. We would become more like Christ and we would want to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If there was um, one thing in your life that you could change, what would it be? Maybe you'd say, well, if only my situation was different. If only I was married. If only I had children. If only I had a, a bigger home, a more fulfilling job. If only I had good health. Or maybe if only I was a different person. Uh, If only I was more confident, better looking, or clever, just less anxious. But lots of changes uh, that we believe could improve our lives. But if we are already Christians, then we have already experienced the greatest change that we can ever hope for. We've had effectively a heart 
transplant. We've changed from those who love themselves first and sought their own pleasure and happiness and good to those who now love God first. And with that change comes incredible blessings. They're the blessing of peace and joy and strength and comfort. But those blessings are not yet complete because the change that God has brought about in us is not yet complete. Although we have been saved from the penalty for our sin, we've been reconciled to God, we're not yet saved from the presence of sin in our lives. And so we all struggle with sin in different ways, don't we? Maybe you're a new Christian and uh, you're still struggling, though, to break free from some of those things you, you used to do before you put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years, if not decades, and you feel you just can't change anymore. You know you're not perfect, but um, you've given up trying to change and just to accept that's just how you are now. It's not going to get any better than this. Maybe you're a Christian who's fallen back into sin in a big way. And you're not sure how to, to get out. You can put on a respectable front, play the, uh, the Christian game, but deep down you know there's something wrong in your life. Whatever situation you're in, the good news is that you can change because it is God who is doing the changing and nothing is impossible for God. We can take great comfort from the promise we read in the Bible that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Over these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this theme of change, both on Sundays and in our home groups. Everyone in the church should be linked to to a home group. Um, So if you haven't been going for a while or if you're new to the church, you'd like to join a group, do please uh, have a word with me and I can uh, make that happen for you. This morning, we're going to be considering the question, why change? Why do I need to bother changing. I'm a Christian. I put my trust in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Surely that that's enough. Well, to begin to answer that question, we have to start back in Genesis and look at the reason that God created us in the first place. God created us in his image to reflect his glory. In Genesis 1, 26, it says, having created the world, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created mankind in his own image. It's easy to read that without fully taking it in. And if you make an image of someone, you're making something that represents them, that is like them in some way photo, a painting, or a statue of someone is an image of them. It might be a flattering image, it might be enhanced by a little bit of photoshopping, but ultimately the quality of the, the image is dependent on the quality of the original. For a human being to be made in the image of the living God is something that's quite incredible, because he is the perfect creator, all-powerful and all-loving God. And so to be made in his likeness is a wonderful honor and privilege. As it says in Revelation 4, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. By your will they were created and have their being. But what do we mean by that word glory? What do we mean by God's glory? 
Tim Chester describes God's glory in this way. He says, the glory of God is the sum of all that he is. His love, goodness, beauty, purity, judgment, splendor, power, wisdom, and majesty. When it says in Revelation that God is worthy to receive glory, he cannot become any more glorious than he already is. But he's worthy to have that glory reflected by the people he has created. And because he made mankind in his image to rule over the rest of creation, we have a particular role to reflect God's glory to creation, all those different aspects of God's glory. Which is why it says in Psalm 115, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. However, and here comes the bad news, our humanity chose to reject God, to seek glory for themselves, to go their own way, in what is known as the fall with terrible consequences. And that what happened is the fall meant that the image of God's glory in us was broken. Instead of following God's design for humankind, people want to be rulers of their own lives and ended up making a complete mess of them. And as a result, the image of God's glory in which we were made became broken, which is what we call sin. We failed to be the images of God that we were meant to be. There are still some aspects of God's glory that can be seen in, in humankind, but they've become distorted. We no longer reflect God's glory as we should do. As we read in the book of Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our love now is tainted with selfishness. Our judgment is biased. Our thoughts have become impure. Our power is used to control others. And the ultimate consequence of all that is we face God's judgment. Whereas originally Adam and Eve, when they were created, could look at God and see his glory, the fall meant that people could no longer see his face. If you look at the passage from 2 Corinthians 3 that was read for us, we are told how Moses, who was the only one able to enter God's presence, had to wear a veil when he returned because he radiated God's glory. And the people were afraid to go near him. They were afraid to, to look at him. Even to this day, it says in verse 15, when Moses is read, that is the first five books of the Old Testament, a veil covers their hearts. Paul is saying that in a sense that veil is still there because they cannot see the glory of God. And that blindness continues today. Have a look at verse 4 of chapter 4. There it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. By going their own way, people are no longer able to see God in all his glory. But, and here comes the good news, God stepped in and he did something about it. God sent Jesus to restore his broken image in us. In Hebrews 1 we read, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. God revealed to us his glory by coming into the world in human form. Jesus is the glory of the Father. As Jesus himself said, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. He shows us 
what it means to be the perfect image of God, to reflect his glory perfectly. If you think about his life, he was perfectly loving and kind and humble and pure. And his greatest display of God's glory was when he gave up his life for us on the cross in an act of sacrificial love. He took our brokenness, our hatred, our guilt. He took that all on the cross. He took the penalty for our sin and gave us a new life. He came to restore humankind to its former beauty, into the image of God. I don't know if you've seen the TV program Repair Shop. Um, people come in with their, in some cases, valuable items that uh, have been broken over many years and maybe left in an attic somewhere just to, to rot and, and collect dust. And on the program, there are different experts in different fields, um, clock restorers, toy restorers, ceramics experts, painting experts, etc., etc. And people leave their items with them and they return some time later to see what they've been able to do with them. This is one of those restorers there. There's usually some very emotional response as they see their, their beloved clock or toy or musical instrument revealed in all its restored glory. Now, if that is how excited somebody can get about a clock being restored, imagine how God feels when he sees one of his children restored to glory. When these experts see these, these broken, grubby items brought to them, they know how much they're going to be able to, to rest- restore them, to change them. In their mind's eye, they see that restored item. And it's the same with God. God doesn't have to wait until we are perfectly restored to be filled with a sense of joy. When he looks at us, in all our brokenness, he sees us as we will be. We may still feel dirty and useless, but to God, we are beautiful. So how did Christ restore us on the cross? Well, remember how at the moment of Christ's death, that great, thick, majestic curtain in the temple that uh, shielded the Holy of Holies was, was torn in two. And what happened at that moment as Christ took the punishment we deserved for our sin was that barrier between us and God was removed We were able to come into God's presence. We were able to see him in his glory. We were able to gaze at God. Back in 2 Corinthians 3, another way of describing that is the taking away of the veil. Verse 14 says, only in Christ is the veil taken away. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. To turn to the Lord... Let's turn back to God in repentance, having gone our own way, and to ask for his forgiveness. As we do so, that veil that hides God's glory from us is taken away. Our eyes are open to see in Christ the glory of God. When Moses came down from the mountain, he, he radiated the glory of God because he'd been in God's presence. That is how it should have been for, for all of humankind before we turned our backs on God. But that is how it can be again as we turn to God and put our trust in Jesus. When we turn to Jesus, we see the glory of God. So what about you? If you haven't yet turned to God, what is stopping you? 
Some of you know that your life is not great, but you struggle on in your own strength, hoping that somehow it might become better. Turn to God, let him change you in a way that you cannot. Others of you may think, well, life's not perfect, but it's not bad. You know, if it ain't broke, um, don't fix it. The trouble is it is broken. And you won't see just how broken it is until you turn to Christ and see his glory. You have the potential to be something far more beautiful. When Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect life, and many people failed to see who he was. They couldn't see God's glory in him. The Jewish leaders just saw him as a troublemaker and therefore had him put to death, thinking that was the end of it. Without realizing in so doing, they fulfilled actually God's purposes. What about if we are already Christians, though? Well, the difference is not that we have been somehow clever enough to work it out. It's that God has had mercy on us. Look at verse 6 we read out at the beginning of the service. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God has enabled us to see his glory in the face of Christ. Okay, so you may be thinking, well, I get that. God has had mercy on me. He's helped me see my need for, for Christ. But why do I need to change any further? Well, because God is continuing to change us all into his image with ever-increasing glory. Look at verse 18 of chapter 3. Because what we see here is in terms of God's work, there's a past tense and a present tense. And we all who with unveiled faces, that's past tense. If we've had our veils removed by God, we've been allowed to see the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have been saved. The rest of the verses in the present, um, as we contemplate or reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God is preparing us to to meet him face to face one day, at which point we will see him in his full glory. In the meantime, during our time on earth, he's continuing to change us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And the good news is that that is God's work. Um, We are being transformed into his image. It comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're not transforming ourselves This is the Spirit's work of transformation in us. Christianity is not some other form of self-improvement project. It's a faith project. Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. It's believing in him. So when you think about the aspects of your life that you would like to change, that I talked about at the beginning, those things I mentioned, however important they may feel they are to you right now. They are really only superficial. The only real answer to that question of what we want to change in our lives should be, I want to change to become more like Jesus and reflect his glory. How do we do that? Well, that's what we'll be looking at over the coming weeks. It's a work of the Spirit, so we will be asking the Spirit to show us more of the glory of God. And the process revealed to us our hearts. 
Where is the image of God's glory most distorted in you? Where is it most broken? We know that every aspect of uh, our lives is affected in some way by sin, but each of us will have a particular area where we are maybe more vulnerable than others. And that will show up when we think about how we react to what is uh, called the heat in our lives, but which has been those situations that we all face that, that put us under pressure. Maybe serious issues like illness, death, financial struggles, broken relationships, etc. But often it's just the everyday issues of life. God may choose to transform us in a dramatic way, um, to break an addiction immediately. But more often than not, it's by a gradual changing our attitudes, our responses to the everyday challenges of life. This is a diagram that we'll be looking at uh, in home groups over the coming weeks. It will become clearer um, in the next few weeks. But at the top of that diagram is what's called heat. Uh, and that is the way we, the way we respond to that, that, that heat, those different situations in our lives, is determined by our hearts. If our hearts are spiritually healthy, then we will produce good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. If they are unhealthy, we will produce bad fruit, thoughts, behavior that do not glorify God. But heat is also not just the, uh, the bad things that happen to us. Good things that happen to us can also take us away from God. So this week, as we go into the week ahead, ask God to help you to be more aware of not just what is going on around you, but how do you respond to those situations? For example, how will you respond when you've so much to do, either at work or at home, you, you just don't know how much, you just don't know how you're going to get it all done? Just weighing down heavily on you. How, you. how do you respond to that situation? Or when you do get it all done, all that stuff at work that's been loaded on you, but at the end of it, nobody really notices or even really cares. Or when your boss treats you unfairly. How do you respond when your husband or wife does something that, that annoys you? Or your children don't do what they're told to do? Your sick, elderly parent is overly demanding. How will you respond when you get the news that uh, you've got to fork out a load of money for something you weren't expecting? You can no longer go on holiday. Your hospital appointment is cancelled. Someone you've been in contact with tests positive for COVID. How will you respond when you're having a coffee with a friend and they start bad-mouthing someone? But also about those good things, how will you respond when good things happen? Um, you do something good at work and you get praise for it. Your child performs well at school. You get an unexpected financial windfall. Someone shows you attention. They flirt with you. Think about your response to those situations, whether good or bad. And we'll look a bit more next week about what they say about our hearts. But finally, the other encouragement from this verse before we finish is that we are all being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Not just some of us, but all of us. We'll all be at different stages in that journey of uh, different levels of, of maturity. But there's no sense of um, those are the ones who've made it. The only ones who've made it are those who are already in glory with Christ. The rest of us are all still growing. And God has placed us together as a church so that we can help one another 
not just husbands or wives, not just friends, but all of us. Those of older age helping the, those of a younger age. I do pray that over these coming weeks you will all engage with this process of change because if you do, we will see God doing wonderful things in this church. We won't just stay within the church because as we grow in the image of Christ, we will reflect that glory to the world around us. We reflect that glory in all of those different situations in which God has placed us. God will use that to reveal his glory to those who do not yet know him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful honour and privilege of being made in your image to reflect your glory. And we're sorry that that image has become broken in us. But we thank you that Jesus came into this world as the perfect image of you, who perfectly revealed your glory. Thank you that on that cross, our sin was taken by him. Forgiveness was made possible. And that barrier between us and you was broken. And we were able to see you in your glory. Thank you for the change that you have already brought about in our lives. And for those who haven't yet experienced that, Lord, we pray that you would open their eyes. Have mercy on them, we pray, to see you in your glory in the face of Christ. And Lord, if we've already known that salvation, we pray you would continue to do that work in us. We know we can trust in you that you will because you've promised you will bring it to completion. So Lord, help us to want to change. Help us not to become complacent. Help us to be aware of the situations in our lives where we respond in ways which are not honoring to you. Lord, may they reveal the things in our hearts that are most precious to us. And may you deal with us. May you change us with ever-increasing glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.